Um, number one, my husband's my business partner. We did this together. And the biggest thing that brought us together as business partners is because me and him have the same why. So we're doing this for our family. We're doing this for our children. We want to live a certain lifestyle and have the flexibility and be able to invest and create wealth through real estate. And me and him, because we have the same goals, um, it was pretty easy to develop that partnership in terms of, all right, this is what we need to do to get there. And when we made those goals, we specifically set five-year goals and then back down and was like, okay, well, this is what we need to do by year three to make that happen. And this is what we need to do by year one. And this is what we need to do on a monthly, weekly, daily basis. All right, guys, welcome again to another amazing episode. Today we have Savannah Arroyo. She also goes by the Network Nurse. She's a full-time registered nurse in, in LA. Uh, she uses her skills as a leader in healthcare operations to manage multifamily syndications. She also helps busy medical professionals create passive income through real estate investing. So welcome and thank you for coming on. Yeah, hi, thank you. I'm super stoked to be here. That's awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time. I, I really uh, enjoyed connecting through IG and then having you on here. So. Let me ask you off the bat, can you give us a little bit, hold on, one last thing. We want, I wanted to specifically say thank you for being a frontline hero during, uh, you know, these <laughs> difficult times. You know, it's that you're a nurse and, you know, that, that stuff has not been easy for, for your profession. So thank no, you for that. Thank you. And then, you know, jumping right back in. Um, so tell us a little bit about you. Uh, you're, you're a nurse, you're a busy professional as well, but you're doing active stuff. Um, yeah, let's hear a little bit about you and what skills as a nurse make you an effective investor? Yeah, um, I grew up in Northern California and I went to Sacramento State University. That's where I got my nursing degree. I worked in a couple different specialties and then moved down here to Los Angeles, California, got my master's degree in leadership and administration. I um, now oversee multiple departments in a hospital here in Los Angeles. Um, I oversee operations, do process improvement, um, that sort of stuff. I was on maternity leave with my second daughter and stumbled upon real estate investing. My husband and I were just looking for uh, different ways that we could start investing our money to generate some passive income and um, fell in love with real estate. We started binging all sorts of podcasts, reading books, networking with people. Uh, we got started in single family homes and then quickly after switched over into multifamily investing. Um, so since then we've been doing multifamily deals. Uh, we're syndicating the deals, looking in um, different markets across the country. Um, we are here in Los Angeles, which has a kind of a higher price point to entry. So we're looking in Atlanta, Georgia, Reno, Oregon, New Mexico. Awesome. So you, you got a wide range there of, uh, of markets that you're looking into. So, you know, you mentioned something key, which is where people, uh, most people begin, right? Binging and, you know, single family, residential. So let me ask you why the switch and why, why now? Why multifamily? Why syndication? 
Yeah. So when I was listening to a lot of different experienced investors who are investing in all sorts of real estate, a lot of them said their feedback for what was the biggest takeaway or which, what would they have done sooner if they had known? A lot of them said that they wish they would have scaled faster through multifamily. And I didn't really know anything about multifamily investing. So we just started reading about it, learning more about it. And we found out there was just a lot more growth and what we could do and bigger size deals and less risk when you have that many doors involved in one acquisition. And we quickly made the switch over. Um, A lot of similarities to single family home as I mean, it is real estate, but a lot of big differences as well in terms, especially of um, raising money and pulling together capital with other investors. There's a lot of more legal stuff that goes into it. Um, The underwriting process is a little bit more um, in terms of different turnovers, um, a lot of different things, raising rent. Um, that sort of stuff. Um, But I think the biggest point was my husband and I just got really specific about our goals and what we wanted to get out of real estate investing. We have two young daughters, a one-year-old and a three-year-old. We really just wanted to do everything we could to put ourselves in a position five, 10 years from now where we could generate some passive income and potential, we work full-time jobs, but to potentially be financially free and maybe even work part-time or do real estate full-time. So we just really wanted that freedom aspect that we know real estate can provide for us. No, that's beautiful. And and I think a big takeaway just for the audience is that there's a huge difference between small residential multifamily and residential and then the large apartment multifamily in just the valuation model, um, how you can truly force appreciate. And I think that's what really the, 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 the economy scale comes in. Um, let, let me ask you, did you invest first as an LP How or did you go straight into a, a GP and raise capital? So originally we were looking to be an LP in the deal. So we're vetting out different syndications, um, looking at different deals that way. Uh, We work full-time jobs, have two young children. So we thought passively investing was what we wanted to do. Um, But then when we started learning more about what it entails to do a syndication, I saw so many similarities in what I do full-time at work into what what it takes to run an operation for a syndication. There was a lot of moving pieces, constant communication, um, a, a lot of different things that was really similar to what I was doing. And then we kind of just took a stab at it and then we realized we were good at it and we really liked doing it. We get so much enjoyment out of creating relationships with brokers, finding deals, developing business strategies. And now we get the opportunity as general partners and syndicating that we get to have our friends and family and people that we know who want to get into real estate investing invest directly with us. And then they're able to reap the benefits of real estate investing, but not having to do all the heavy lifting. My husband and I do that. That's awesome. So that that's pretty cool that the way that you got, you know, the exposure to it. And I say exposure because I've mentioned it before that I think the biggest hurdle for a lot of people is being exposed to syndication, to private equity, to funds, to that whole model where you can scale. Right. I mean, uh, I mean, I, I didn't find syndication until maybe a few years ago. Did you just find this model, this strategy through podcasts or did you, because I know I heard it before and I might've heard it, but I never really caught on to the concept until later on when I started, oh, wow, this is what they were talking about, right? Yeah. Did that happen to you as well? Or? 
Um, I think I heard a lot about syndicating initially from the start and it always stood out to me because I didn't know what that term was. And I'm like, what do you mean syndicating? Like when people are talking about about syndicating deals, what did that mean? And after doing a lot of research, it was like, oh, they're pulling together all these investor funds and using it to invest in one large deal and and everyone really putting together all their resources in terms of capital and different other functions within the partnership to take down these bigger deals, which ultimately have lower risk, higher returns. It was like, wow, this the, the concept was just awesome. It was, it was an ideal business plan for us, for sure. Um, another thing that was also appealing was, and it can be a huge deterrent for getting into real estate initially for people, is not necessarily having the capital. And it forced us to become strategic about the different ways that we could structure deals. And um, ultimately, after talking to a lot of people in the real estate industry, I mean, people are so creative with how they're getting capital and getting these deals done. And we learned by networking with people to pull out a HELOC on our primary residence and tap into that equity and invest it in real estate. And then also under the CARES Act, tapping into our retirement funds to use that money to invest in real estate. And then also pulling together with some of our friends and family to do a big apartment deal. And it just seemed like there was a lot more flexibility in how you could structure the deals and you could really get creative with how you put them together. I think that that is spot on. Let me ask you this. Did you feel like like this forced you because it, it's a team sport, right? And you have to, you have, there's so many pieces to it, right? Did this force you to network and, and reach out to others to actually learn more? Yes, definitely. So that was huge. That was, right. that was really the biggest, one of the biggest hurdles switching from single family into multifamily because single family, you're kind of doing on your own. You're just talking to the banker, doing that sort of stuff, getting, getting the property under contract, purchasing it. Um, there's not as much communication with the syndication. You're vetting out multiple property managers, talking to multiple brokers to get that deal funnel going and start getting deals sent over to you. Um, The investor relations part is huge. That is very, very time consuming and telling people why you love a deal and why you're investing in a certain apartment complex and what the returns are and answering all those questions. It can be pretty time consuming, but it's such a very important aspect of the business. And I personally love building those relationships. And even Even it forced me to join different masterminds and networking groups specifically with other real estate investors. And I think initially I didn't have a scarcity mindset, but I felt like, wow, there's so many people in this space already doing what I want to do. Like, I can't do it. There's no way. There's already way too many people doing it. Uh And when I started joining these calls and networking with other people, it was like, whoa, everyone's doing such different things. Like every, like I was blown away with how creative people were doing deals and how different they were and people investing in different markets for different reasons and buying completely different investments with different turns for what their investors want. And it just, it blew my mind how big of a, of a concept real estate investing really is. Yeah, no, it's, it's huge. And people could be doing different assets, you name it. And cost of capital is a big thing. So they could be doing better deals or worse deals, depending Mm -hmm. on what they, what they can acquire. And you mentioned, you mentioned masterminds and education. Um, I'm huge on that. How has, um, how has that been for you as far as can you recommend some for, for our audience? We, we have active and passive people. Um, 
And then as far as, you know, that those relationships you build in there, just touching a little bit on that. Yeah. Um, I've been a part of a couple of different masterminds. I found one from bigger pockets. Um, I found another one through, um, um, a zoom call at eight, uh, old capital. Theirs is really good. And on these calls, it's awesome because there's, a, there's a lot of LPs on the call who are really just trying to get to know different GPs that are doing deals. So a lot of the times if there's 50 people on the call, half of them could be LPs that are wanting to invest their money passively into an investment. And these networking calls provide them the opportunity to get to know the sponsors, um, to get to go around. There's breakout groups where you can break out and have one-on-one conversations with people about why you're investing in a certain market, what kind of deals you're seeing. And um, because there's a lot of different regulations on raising money and building those relationships with people. It really allows you even as an operator to get to know your investors and kind of build that relationship before you start sending them deals um, just so that you're doing everything by the book and legally. Um, that was huge. Um, the networking side of things and the masterminds. Um, yeah, it's, it's huge. You got to be doing it if you want to get into the space. Absolutely. And then, so you're obviously a busy professional. Um, you have a team, who's your team and how did you find your team and how would you suggest, um, other busy professionals adjust to that, to find their team? What actionable tips can you give them? Right. Cause building a team is not easy. Yeah. Yes. So, um, number one, my husband's my business partner. We did this together. And the biggest thing that brought us together as business partners is because me and him have the same why. So we're doing this for our family. We're doing this for our children. We want to live a certain lifestyle and have the flexibility and be able to invest and create wealth through real estate. And me and him, because we have the same goals, um, it was pretty easy to develop that partnership in terms of, all right, this is what we need to do to get there. And when we made those goals, we specifically set five-year goals and then back down and was like, okay, well, this is what we need to do by year three to make that happen. And this is what we need to do by year one. And this is what we need to do on a monthly, weekly, daily basis to reach our goals. And we were able to sit down, kind of map that out. And we're both just putting all the effort towards it. You know, we work full-time jobs. We come home, hang out with our kids. And when we put our kids to bed, we're working on real estate. And right now we're doing different parts of the business. Um, we, we do different things in the business and we're, we're not really working on the same thing at the same time, but we're always bouncing ideas off each other um, and doing that sort of collaboration. So he's my number one partner, um, in terms of building relationships with brokers, um, that's huge. You got to get the deal flow coming. So when we're looking into a specific market, we're looking for brokers either through bigger pockets, through Yelp. I mean, really just Google Marcus and Millichap, kind of the big names, see what kind of pops out and then reaching out to the brokers, let them know specifically what you're looking for. The more specific you are on what kind of deals you're looking for, the bigger chance that they're they're going to get it over to you. And if it sometimes it can be maybe too specific and it might find them longer, take them a little bit longer to find them that deal. But by the time they put it across your desk, there's a highly a higher likelihood that you're going to act on it. So that's huge in terms of creating those specifics with our brokers, um, responding to them, building that relationship, even with property managers, um, lenders, our CPA, 
um, those relationships, our attorney, they're all huge relationships. And it took a lot of interviewing to build our team. We would reach out even now when we're doing acquisitions, if we're finding contractors or property managers where we don't have some already in place, we're doing interviews with at least three to five people. Um, and at that point, you really want to make sure your personalities mesh, um, that you have the same goals aligned, that you're on the same page and um, really clear about your expectations from each other. I mean, it's a mutual relationship, so it's a give and take. You're, you're adding to the relationship. They're adding to the relationship. So you really just want to be working with people that you connect well with, that you communicate well with, you have good personality feel with. No, that, that's all solid advice. So is it the core team, just you and your husband? That's it? Yes. Yeah. That's a we, lot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So we're, we're doing um, all aspects of the business. Um, we do network with other real estate investors who um, we talk about partnerships and joint venturing on specific deals, um, depending on what market or what we can contribute and what they can contribute. We work with LPs, which are a part of the team, their partnerships in our yeah. deals. Um, so we have silent investors investing in the deals with us as well. Okay. No, I mean, yeah, I'm just trying to figure it out too. I mean, because I understand that. I mean, my brother and I were, were two, but we sometimes we get together with other teams and we might yep. figure out how to take a whole deal down. Uh, right. Which is something we're working on right now, but you know, that that's kind of the gist, right? If, if you're both busy, you know how to make it happen, right? And I want to make sure the audience understands if, if you are busy, then leverage someone else's time. Maybe you have something else to give, right? Yeah. Um, where, where your expertise may lie. Exactly. So when, let's see here, what I have, what I wrote down is you have a, you know, you worked on a 12 unit in uh, Oregon mm -hmm. um, and I have, want to kind of dive into that deal and talk a little bit uh more actionable stuff um my first the first thought that comes into my head is Oregon um not the most landlord friendly place mm -hmm. don't don't know too much about the market itself but it stands out for not not as landlord friendly um am I correct on that or is that <laughs> why, why Oregon and and I imagine prices are high too right so I mean, this 12 unit is like probably like a, a, uh, a 100 unit in uh, the Midwest. <laughs> the Maybe. <price> <laughs> Um, we, so we're on the West coast, we're in Los Angeles. I have family up in Oregon. We were honestly just looking up in Oregon just because we were curious what was up there. And like you said, you don't hear a lot about people investing in it. I, all the podcasts I listened to people I were networking with, no one was investing in Oregon. And I thought this was a little bit strange, but it is like California. It has rent control in place. So that scares a lot of people from investing in it because of rent control. But when you actually look into what that rent control is for the year 2021, you can raise rent 9.1% um, in the state of Oregon. And with our underwriting and our business plan for our deals, we're never raising rent more than 9.1% in a year. That's, that's pretty high. I don't really know any other investors that are raising rent by that much in a year. Yeah. So you can make the deals work. You can make the deals work there, but people hear rent control and then they automatically steer clear from it. That's a very good point. You know what? Because I hadn't thought about it that way. Most investors don't even get to the point of digging 
of what is the rent control means. And that's, I think that's extremely smart that you went and said, well, you know, no one doing it. I'm going to find the, the diamond in the rough strategy here where in mm -hmm. the market where it probably less competition. So kudos, kudos to you guys on that. That was a, uh, that was pretty cool. Uh, what were some challenges that you experienced in that deal that you can uh, tell us? Um, I think the biggest challenge with that deal specifically was the lending aspect of things. Um, we, we went the max on our close um, date with that property just because of everything going on with COVID. Our, our, the bank was very backlogged and we learned, um, I mean, we, we have a really good follow-up with people, but if you're as, especially as a business owner and as an operator, it could probably be easy to kind of sit back and expect other people to give as much effort or to get things done on a certain timeline. But in reality, they don't have as much invested in you. So we were trusting our bank and our credit union to get this loan done on time. But honestly, it took so much kind of pushing on us and checking in and like, okay, we're set to close by this date. We need it done by this. And um, we were kind of surprised with the amount of effort that we had to put in to kind of see that through to the end. I mean, expecting the bank to do it just to get the loan wasn't entirely true, um, but we learned and, and we have great communication with different people in the deal, but that was something that was a little bit difficult in that deal specifically, just because it was a local credit union, they were completely flooded with loans that they were doing. There was fires up in Oregon during the time. So they were kind of backlogged in it and it took a lot of effort on our end to kind of push that through that's that's awesome did you have um as you were initially underwriting and making sure the deal worked did you have a uh, analysis paralysis at any point um if you did how did you overcome this and you know what what kind of mindset shift or what made you push this through because you know a lot of people that's where they get stuck right they 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 see, especially with bigger numbers, you know, they're like, oh, I don't know if I should do this. Um, but you made it happen. So how did you do it? Yeah, that was huge for us. Um, and the biggest thing we did in that respect from switching over from single family to multifamily was we got a mentor. So we paid for a mentor. And I know you, not everyone has to do that. There's tons of people in the real estate community that will mentor you for free based on what you kind of work out in the agreement and that sort of thing. So don't think you have to pay for someone to get that extra, extra mentorship. My husband and I, because we work full-time jobs, we're super busy. Um, we were also syndicating this deal out and raising money from family and friends, we really wanted to make sure that everything was done by the book. And we wanted to make sure that all our underwriting was on point and really accurate. And we had a mentor who has 20 plus years investing in multifamily. And he was looking over all our underwriting, asking all the questions that we needed to be asked and making sure everything looked right. And I think just having him looking over our shoulder and doing that provided us with the confidence of like, okay, this is a good deal. Like we have someone with this amount of experience looking at these numbers written conservatively. We're getting these returns for our investors. We have this business plan in place and it was still a good deal. So having that extra support was really helpful in, in taking that step and actually committing and submitting that LOI. I mean, and submitting your first offer, if you're just getting into multifamily, it is scary. There are big numbers, especially if you came from single family homes going into multifamily, it's a lot of money. I mean, the earned money deposit is a lot different than a single family home. So you 
really want to make sure you do all your homework. And I think if you stay confident in the numbers, um, it's a little bit easier to take that step. I think that's spot on. You know, I, I pay for a mentor too. Um, and I'm in, uh, I, I'm proud of it. I always say, you know, I'm in the Jake and Gino Academy. Um, and I think you pay, you know, you, you pay what you get, right? You get what you pay for. <laughs> and, and, and for the longest, I was so against paying. And then it's been life changing. Right. Uh, because the value is so immense, you know. So when you, uh, you know, what steps did you take to, to find this deal? Was it off market? Was it on market? Was it broker relations? Um, and then um, any, any creative strategy there that you employed? Yeah, um, we had great broker relationships. That was huge for us. That was very important. And I heard that on podcasts and listening to people talk that that's how you're going to get the deals is by broker relationships. So um, we created a great relationship. We were very responsive in any offers that he would send to us. So they know, um, and we've been working with them for a while that we're serious and doing deals. Um, so that helps. Um, they gave us an off-market property um, with that deal specifically, the one in Oregon, um, it was a selling price of a million. And we, when we submitted our offer, it was an older gentleman in his eighties, really just wanting to wash his hands of the property. Um, he wanted a 1031 it into land. And my husband and I submitted a personalized letter with, um, a picture of ourselves and our daughters. And we were just like, you know, this is the reason why we wanted to get into multifamily investing. We want to buy this property to generate this wealth for our family create financial freedom, that sort of stuff. It was really personal touch. And it kind of, I've heard about that on podcasts and I kind of heard both sides of like, yeah, no way. Don't do that move. They're going to rip it in shreds and throw it away. Or other people are like, people eat that up. Like some people yeah. love it. And so we took a chance on that one and submitted it. My husband was kind of like, yeah, that's not going to work. And to our surprise, there was a higher offer on the property and the seller told our broker to tell us he specifically went with our offer because of that letter. So that's um, awesome. that, that was something we learned in that deal. And we plan to um, implement it moving forward as well. I always say, why not just try, right? I right. Mean, why what's not? The, why not? What would it hurt? Oh, yeah, yeah. this person is thoughtful. I don't like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, but that's pretty cool. Have you, are you strictly, you know, for brokers or are you trying to also get off market deals? Um, both getting off market deals through brokers, though. So if they're working through with brokers. sellers who are wanting to sell it, that sort of thing, um, that's, really how we're getting our deals. Um, I know there's a lot of different strategies out there to get them better, different ways, but we've just, we really focus a lot of our time and effort on those relationships with brokers. No, that's great. I think, I think that's a, that's a key point, especially, especially because in every market, there's a point where the market is completely dominated by the commercial brokers. You can't, exactly. you're not going to get it off market. Uh, so you, you 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 knit yourself down. Um, what you know? What steps? See, let's see. So, how did you fund the deal? That's the big one, right? So let, let's talk a little bit about how you funded it. Um, you, you mentioned a, a local credit union. You also mm -hmm. raised capital, I imagine. And then, how did you make your investors feel safe with you? Right, that's a huge yeah. thing. You know, uh -huh. from an active point of view and from a passive point of view, if you could tell us. Right. 
Um, so it's kind of kind a, lo a lot of moving pieces at once. So you're wanting to kind of talk with investors and get a feel of how much you're going to be able to raise when you're going to do a deal. Um, so we already, because we were already investing in real estate, we had family and friends coming to us who kind of wanted to get in on the action, but didn't necessarily want to do all the work. So it was kind of a perfect fit because they can yeah. invest with us um, and, and buy the apartment building with us. And they're, they're part owners as an LP and the deal. Um, and then not having to do a lot of the work. So we had a handful of family and friends who wanted to get in on this um, next deal that we did. So we were looking for a specific size based on what they were able to contribute. So we had about 250,000 raised with them. Um, this deal came along and it was, it was a really good deal. So my husband and I wanted to invest in it as well. So we set aside um, some money so that we could put into the deal as well. Um, and then we, uh, worked with a local credit union. So, um, gave us decent terms, 25% loan to value. Um, and, uh, I think 3.8 interest rate. Um, and they, uh, funded it and we raised the capital, um, that we needed to do some minor renovations on the building. So we raised that money up front so that day one, we were able to start implementing our business model of, doing a minor renovation and then also starting to raise rents. Did you, did you meet all the requirements for uh, net worth as far as um, having the net worth of what the asset is valued at? Or so you know, no. And sponsor? I think this, yeah, we did not. So, and I think this can be a huge deterrent for a lot of new investors as well, trying to get into multifamily because it's hard to meet that net worth liquidity requirements. Um, so our mentor and coach was kind of working with us on different ways that you could, um, structure the deal. And we had an investor investing in the deal with us who combined with our net worth was able to meet the requirements. And then we just signed on that specific investor as a guarantor to the loan and gave him an extra percentage of the general partnership. So um, nice. if you're working with a good underwriting tool or an Excel spreadsheet or whatever you're using to underwrite dual um, deals, there's some amazing ones out there. And a lot of them will take into consideration how you're structuring the deal in terms of percentages of the GP or the LP um, total ownership of the deal. And you can factor different things like capital raise or guarantor on the loan or um, due diligence, people who are willing to put up the upfront money to um, close on the deal and perform the due diligence. There's a lot of different ways that you can structure those deals um, to make them work. I love it. Let me, you know, I, you, you said a tool there. So let me ask you, there's tons of amazing deal analyzers out there. Um, which is the one you use and you recommend and why? Um, right now we're using Michael Blanc's SDA syndicated deal analyzer. Um, it's a big one. I heard, we heard about it a lot. Um, when we were doing some research, a lot of the people in multifamily that I were, that I was talking to were using that. Um, my husband underwrites all the deals. Um, so I'm not as hands-on with the SDA, but I've seen all the moving pieces of it. It's an amazing spreadsheet. You can factor so much into it. Um, you can really factor any aspect of any deal into it. It's pretty insane when you first look at it, but, um, yeah. it takes a minute to kind of, uh, understand, but once you get rolling with it, it's, awesome because it just shows you how creative you can really get in structuring these deals. Like the sky is the limit. <laughs> yeah. That, that's the one I use. Uh, I, I, I love it. I love it. it. 
you know, and you can sit there playing with things. Mm -hmm. The one thing that I feel every deal analyzer missing, which is why I'm going to start tweaking and making my own. I feel if you want to do a full raise or, or a JV in the deal analyzer, Mm -hmm. I can't figure out how to do that in there. Say you don't want to do a syndication, you want to do JV. I would like Mm -hmm. to switch the model or Mm -hmm. if I want to do a full raise, the SDA is not, it gets a little complicated. You have to work with the macros and then in the formulas and right. who, wants to, who wants to do that? <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> you can sit on that SDA for hours analyzing de- deals. I mean, honestly, our mentor yeah. even told us too, that you can make the numbers tell you whatever you want to tell you. Like you can oh, yeah, them yeah. to make them fit your perfect world, but that's when you have to have discipline and putting the correct yeah. numbers in there and just not tweaking things too much in your favor. Yeah. Your, your, your pencil whip in the deal and that's going to lead you down the road. I yeah. 100% agree with you. And I think I've done it too playing around. I'm like, I really want this to work. Yeah. No. You got to catch yourself. Yeah. Uh-huh. So let's see here. I have, um, see how do you fund i think we covered a lot and to be honest with you the last question i have here uh-huh. and, and i think it's specific to you is you know how do you balance it all right uh yeah you know what, what can you tell the active and passive investors and then and then obviously you're, you're married you have kids mm-hmm. um how do you make um that relationship work and your your partner comfortable and make sure you still have that necessary downtime for each other um i think from what I got from, from you, you, you know, just looking at your, your page and your profile and everything, your big why is you would never want to do this without your significant other. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but I noticed a lot of people in real estate, they get to a place where they're, in, they're happy in real estate, but they lose their significant others because mm-hmm. real estate's become number one. How do you make it all work? Yeah, I think especially because I got bit by the real estate bug first, I was explaining, I think it was showing my husband what we could achieve through real estate and how we can make it work for our family and getting him on board with him was a complete sell. There was a couple key books um, that were huge for me, Financial Freedom Through Real Estate Investing by Michael Blanc, that little yellow book. Um, I had him read that and he got fully on board. Um, so, so building that, the why, I mean, that's huge, huge, um, in terms of finding the motivation after working long hours and hanging out with our kids to do it. I mean, I love the hustle. I love the grind. Um, I am, I've just really kind of been that way with goal setting. I mean, it's, it's been with me my whole life and I've achieved so much through setting goals. It's so powerful for me personally, and there's nothing like going back to your goals at the end of the year and looking through them. And I mean, I'll see goals that I wrote five, 10 years ago, and it'll blow my mind that like I've achieved them to a T and it's just that feeling for me is so awesome. And I know that hard work will pay off. I mean, it's just like exercising, you know, like if you have an exercise routine, it can be a little painful when you're grinding through the burpees and you don't want to do it or do another minute on the jump rope. But you know, if you know the end goal, it makes it a little bit easier to grind through it and knowing that it'll pay off. So that's huge for me. Um, mindset. I, I do read a lot of mindset books, um, goal setting. Tony Robbins has been huge for me. Um, think and grow rich. I love reading that sort of stuff and, um, doing it with my husband. I mean, it just adds this whole extra element of, 
we get to be our own little cheerleaders and we're celebrating these successes together. And it's so awesome to celebrate the successes together when we're signing and closing deals. And I'm thankful I have that. And I see a lot of people in the real estate world, even if it's not with your spouse, develop those partnerships with other people. And I think the biggest part is that you do get to share it with someone. So I think really just getting clear about why you're doing it and where you want to go with it, it, it'll give you all the motivation you need to take those daily steps. That's awesome. I love it. And I'm, I'm sure the audience will take a lot of that. Um, I did hear burpees. So I only hear two kinds <laughs> of people say burpees. So one are military or two are uh, crossfitters. Which one are you? Crossfitter. Ah, <laughs> I knew it. See, there's only two kinds of people that say that word. So. Uh-huh. Yeah, I grind through those. They're the best. Though. I got my three-year-old daughter doing them with me. She loves it. It's fun. No, that's awesome. All right. Well, I'm so glad you came on. If you can, please tell the audience where they can find you, uh, learn everything, that you, all the amazing things that you're doing. Yeah, you can find me under the net worth nurse under all social media handles. So that's LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. My website is thenetworthnurse.com. My email, Savannah at the net worth nurse. I love connecting with people. So if you're even remotely interested in what I'm doing or multifamily real estate, I would love for you to reach out to me and we can talk real estate. Awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you. Thank you for coming on again. It, it truly was an honor and I, I hope to, uh, keep following your your success and and we'll we'll blast it out and make sure everyone knows about it too yeah it's been my pleasure it's been a blast thank you awesome thank you again